Hi you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Guilty Reader podcast where we read as much or as little as we want and we'll still always be real readers. This is episode 6 and we're at the last Monday of 2023. Yeah. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Um we're we're at the last Monday of the year. Uh, next we meet will be in 2024 on the first day of the year. But it's a nice uh, relaxing time. Uh, we're all looking forward to the hopes and prospects of a new year while being grateful for all that we have done or achieved or um, or survived in the last one year. Um it's also a time where uh, we're all reflecting on progress, on goals, on um where we should have been versus where we are. All of those things are happening. Um and as as a reader and as readers we all know that um courtesy we courtesy of you know apps like goodreads which have reading challenges and the online reading communities in general we've also come to sort of make make a ritual out of making a reading goal every year um i have been doing that for almost 3 years now i did that in 2021 2022 and 2023 um and i've not been very good at it <laughs> right off the bat <laughs> i've not been very good at sticking to my reading goal in 2022 i decided to do um 70 books i didn't hit it uh, somewhere around august or july i reduced the count down to 40 which is also something that i didn't hit in 2022 i thought i'll try and be a little bit more uh, realistic in 2023 and i decided to set the goal of um 52 books uh, in the whole year which would roughly be a book a week um so again uh, not that we have to as readers set these goals but i have done it partly out of um, pop culture and partly out of my own type a personality and wanting to bring bring structure and order and and timelines and goals to everything um so yeah so i i set a goal of 52 books this year i have hit 17 books as of today um bear in mind i'm recording this on 24 december um you're going to be hearing this on 25th december so yeah i've hit 17 books of my 52 which is about 30% of where i should have been so if i were to just very objectively evaluate my performance on this goal it's not great it's uh, it's a little abysmal if you really think about it um and it's not likely that i'm going to read a lot much more before the year ends i mean it's not like i'm going to do one book every day for the rest of the year and and just wrap things up that's that's not going to happen but uh, what i would like to point out is that in some way um my realization of the fact that reading goals are something that's not working out for me or just my lack of progress in general is also what sort of prompted me to start this podcast because i see a lot of messaging out there uh, which is which very which very honestly talks about your street cred as a reader or the seriousness seriousness with which you will be looked at as a reader depends a lot on the quantum of books that you read so you have people who do 100 books 70 books 80 books 150 books i've seen someone do 127 books i don't know how they do that more power to them but yeah um so we're all given this messaging that you know you're a reader if you read certain a certain number of books in a year which is why even at the start of my podcast i always started with this um line that's that we read as much or as little as we want and we'll still always be real readers 
in some ways my own inability to do what pop culture uh, has messaged me to do or pop culture has prompted me to do which is set a reading goal and my own inability to measure up to those goals that i set is what started me on this journey of trying to figure out how guilty or how um how much of pressure we take on as readers um just simply because of things that are that are out there in the world messaging that is out there in the world it's not internal um honest to god i don't think people would set reading goals also if someone else weren't setting them if they weren't external messaging out there but also um the whole idea of reading goals can also probably sound very fair um life is all about metrics measuring progress um and just understanding if we're moving forward or standing still that was the whole idea of metrics right to see that whether you're moving forward on your goals or whether you're exactly where you were all this while but i also think that somewhere down the line we've forgotten maybe that reading as an interest and reading goals as a concept was more about giving us direction uh, motivating us to read more spend more time doing something that we enjoy if you're setting a reading goal it's very obvious that you enjoy reading you wouldn't be setting it otherwise um but if you've set that reading goal uh, and you're not you're not reaching it um there's no shame or guilt in that you set it because you'd wanted to do more of what you enjoyed if you're not doing it it's likely possible that in this season of life you're not enjoying reading or also it's likely that maybe you're not finding the kind of books that you want to read so um rather than being like a not star or a guiding stone reading goals have become something that have caused more uh, more guilt for a lot of readers than they have you know um a moral compass or a motivational compass it's more of a guilt compass now and i find it very interesting that we as readers choose to do this to ourselves because i've never heard a movie aficionado say i want to watch 72 movies in a year the movie aficionado will just go and watch the damn movie right like i enjoy movies too um i've never uh, set a goal for myself saying i want to watch 72 movies in the year i enjoy listening to music i've never said i want to uh, listen to more music in the year or i want to listen to 10 different artists in a year i've never brought my uh, my inherent need for goals and structure to other interests of mine i've only brought it to reading for some reason um and and i find it very interesting maybe maybe there's a whole socio economic debate around the whole thing that the more the higher your reading goals that you set the more the books you'll buy and so on and so forth or maybe it's just a debate around because of reading's cerebral nature uh, we are choosing to associate it with another cerebral concept of goal setting setting it's entirely possible and and those are very wide and large debates probably more than uh, the concept of my own intellect nonetheless i never see this I never do this for other interests of mine. I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there who also probably don't do this for other interests of theirs but choose to do it for reading. And I'm not sure why we do it. Um but I am sure about one thing that in this season of life it's not helping me. The pressure of achieving another goal is not helping me. So what I have decided for 2024 is that I want to spend more time reading. or that i want to read more so i'd like my for the lack of a better word goal to be more around i want to read every night before i go to bed or i want to read thrice a week for an hour or something like that i want it to be more of an action statement i want it more to be something that's more of a guiding light 
um uh, in terms of that but i don't want to say that i want to read 40 books in a year or or i want to read 45 books in a year or i want to read 10000 pages i actually saw someone on instagram um a year or so back coming up with a with a goal saying that they didn't want to measure their progress by um the number of books they read they wanted to measure their progress by just the number of pages they read because they were a mood reader and um they read more pages they ended up finishing a lot more pages than they did books because books would ultimately get dnf at times um but I, that's that's where i am right now because i understand that maybe the traditional conventional way of setting a reading goal is not working for me i would like to change that so in 2024 i would definitely like to be someone who's spending more time intentionally reading and um spending more time figuring out what to read how to read than uh you know i have to read 45 books this year or 50 books this year i'm going to definitely try that for a couple of months and if during the course of the year i feel like no this is not working out for me maybe i need to go back to setting a number goal i can look at that but right now in life i can very clearly see that if if reading for is about relaxation and enjoying an art form uh maybe a reading goal is not the way i'm going to do more of it and uh, because watching movies is not something i do more of by setting a goal so if if it doesn't work there maybe that's exactly why it's not working out here it's art i'm pressuring myself to take in more art at a faster pace without really enjoying the art but that's about next year so we're not setting a reading goal for next year i'm not setting a reading goal for next year but if you are do let me know um in the comments but but before that um before we even go into 2024 and we have this last monday to enjoy i want to talk about the books that i did read in 2023 which were um so like i said i read 17 books and i may not have read a lot but even in terms of what i did manage to read i read fairly widely across um genres i read thrillers i read non fiction i read some romance and i even read a fantasy book this year i have I read two fantasy books books this year actually I have not read new fantasy books or like um books that I've previously in the fantasy genre not touched I have not done that in years uh, my last proper fantasy series that I read enjoyed and fully immersed myself in was Harry Potter uh, Harry Potter was the last fantasy series that I completed I um have not really been into fantasy much since then but i did read two of two fantasy books this year which was which was very fun for me so out of my 17 books i have five books that i really enjoyed which are like my five star reads as we like to call them i'm going to start and there are no particular order i, I enjoyed all five of these um and uh, i would definitely definitely recommend this to everybody who uh, enjoys these particular genres if they'd like to read them So the first one that I really enjoyed this year was Vera Wang's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers uh, by Jesse Sutanto. Um it's a really cozy thriller. It's a I mean if you can associate the words cozy and murder thriller in the same sentence then this book is that. Uh the setup is somewhere in the UK. It's basically there is this um, old Chinese lady by the name of Vera Wang. She is a widow. she runs a tea shop uh, in the middle of a china uh, in a chinese dominated market place and um, her tea shop is basically a bunch of all these uh, she sells a lot of exotic teas in in the tea shop and it's it's a shop that's not doing very well um and she finds herself in the middle of this 
um, murder case because there's somebody who dies in very mysterious circumstances in her shop. Like he's crashed into the, uh, crashed in through the glass of her shop, and uh, how she finds herself in the midst of this murder, surrounded by um, four or five people who actually all have a motive to be the one who's done this crime. Um, how she makes an unlikely band of friends out of them, and uh, how she ultimately solves the mystery. All, all are just, uh, just they all form the crux of the story. So it's it's a very cozy read. Vera Wong's got this extreme Asian Chinese mother maternal instinct. She's she's a uh, she enjoys feeding people. She's she's this woman who's she's not a beam of light or joy or happiness, but she's exactly what you associate Asian mothers with. Food is her love language. She's also critical, ambitious, wants the best for her children. Starts looking at these people. Um, who she's come across in this murder circumstances, her own surrogate children, wanting to drive and push them uh, to be more ambitious, all that. Very cozy, very very light. Um, even the twist at the end is not like a jump scare or or not like a. It's unexpected in a way, uh, but it's not something that's very stressful. So it's it's a very nice light read. I really enjoyed it. It's a cozy murder thriller, um, and that was Vera Wong's unsolicited advice for murderers. My second favorite book this year was a movie that I saw, uh, based on a book. But the movie prompted me to read the book in basically one night. Uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Everyone's heard of this. Everyone's seen the movie. Um, we all love it. It's cute. It's adorable. It's everything. Uh, I really love, really, really, really loved the book. I really loved the movie. And um, I was, uh, I, I was, I think this is the first time in my life where I watched the movie first and then I read the book. Um, I really, really enjoyed the movie. It was adorable. The chemistry was brilliant, and that prompted me to read the book. And the book is, is practically unputdownable. You cannot put it down without knowing. You know what's going to happen next. You know it's a romance, and they're going to fall in love and all of that. But there's just something about the characters in the world and the chemistry that just feels very cute. Um, it's as we know, it's between it's a love story or 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 uh, enemies to lovers of sorts between the first son of the U.S. and um, a Prince Henry of the U.K. and how they meet, uh, what circumstances prompt them to start spending more time with each other, fall in love, cause an intercontinental political mess of sorts. But it's adorable. I really loved it. I think this was one of those toe-curlingly cute romances that I read after a really really long time and it stayed with me long after I finished the book like I have for, for a month after I finished that book I would go back and read chapters and passages from the book like uh, so there's this whole segment where they're exchanging emails with each other I have gone back and reread very specific emails uh, in the book and I have no shame in admitting that it was just very cute so that's uh, Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston the third book that I read this year that I really enjoyed um, is by an Indian author. I have not I have not read a lot of Indian authors this year. I am guilty of that. Um, I did read a lot more Indian authors between 2020 and 2022, but this year for some reason I've just not done that. But I would like to make that as an active effort next year. But one book that I really enjoyed this year was the Bangalore Detectives Club by Harini Nagendra. Um, it's another semi-cozy murder thriller. It's not trying to be cozy, but it's not trying to be something that will be very intense or very scary. It's it's a it's it's a moderate stakes thriller. It's not a low stakes. It's not high stakes. It's medium stakes. Like it's an in, it you 
it's a case that's pertinent to the society or to the situation and and the construct is slightly darker than maybe vera wongs but it's not something that's um, unnecessarily stressful in any way so bangalore detectives club is basically based in pre independence india it's the story of a newly married girl uh, who is uh, in pre independence india where she's trying to set up where she's trying to get her degree in math try to get employment try to get a job uh, but you know she's also from a conservative married into a conservative family her husband's a doctor he encourages her but her mother in law is strict and all of those things but she's a smart street smart woman and she comes across this murder of someone in in this uh, club basically and uh, she and her husband sort of collaborate to solve that case um she starts off first but then her husband also kind of begrudgingly supports her very um very na- interesting descriptions of pre independence india i think that's what i liked about it it was very realistic in that aspect um especially in terms of uh, the socio cultural structures that existed um i mean her husband's a doctor but he despite his stature has his own limitations because he's brown and he's not white um uh, and is a capable man but is still trapped in some uh limitations imposed by the color of his skin and his origin um at the same time the the girl is a very smart intelligent woman uh, who would probably do thrive very well in a in a year like 2023 but back then she's sort of shackled down uh, by the realities of her time which is women don't really go out and work uh women are not really educated very much but uh, but she kind of navigates that very well she has her secret time where she studies for her degree and all of those things it's very nice and of course the murder mystery is also fairly well explained i think it's a very nice thriller the twist at the end is kind of unexpected um also uh, you're kind of rooting for for the protagonist and through the course of the story you also understand the sort of disparity in wealth even amongst uh, indians at the time that while some were more fortunate the others were not and there was a whole stigma around certain caste communities etc uh, all very well presented and very well documented for a, for a murder thriller i think it's more descriptive than most thrillers in this genre would be about its time and its setting so i really enjoyed that um that's bangalore detectives club by harini nagendra nice really cute uh, cute is probably not the right word but really nice uh, murder mystery read An- another great murder mystery find in the year talking about murder mysteries once more i feel like i'm i really enjoyed murder mysteries this year i really don't have any others uh, that i seem to have enjoyed <laughs> but uh, but the other one that i really enjoyed is finlay donovan is killing it by l cosimano um it's the first in a series and the protagonist as the name suggests is finlay donovan she is a struggling writer uh, divorced from her husband on uh, on her own uh, trying to make ends meet with her mediocre um, career as as a writer because she's not really a best seller and is not making that much more money suffering from a writer's block all of those things and through a twist of fate finds herself trapped in the middle of a murder mystery um uh, someone at uh, goes to meet her publisher in a restaurant is mistaken for a hit girl or a contract contract killer and um, as given the contract to uh, unalive somebody in in uh, someone a woman overhears a conversation with the publisher gives her a contract to unalive her husband and then there's, there's just this whole 
mystery around the on, around the cd underbelly of uh, uh, the underworld for the lack of a better word or the crime world and uh, just a lot of interesting aspects to a very fast paced moves well good humor um doesn't take itself too seriously it's not trying to be uh, it's not trying to be hercule poirot in no way and uh, i think that's one of the best parts about it it's not taking itself too seriously it's not trying to make finlay look like some sort of female sherlock holmes it's not finlay is basically like any other woman at in places is just stumbling into leads through sheer dumb luck there is no deduction there is no um forced like uh, suaveness to her there's a very normal vibe to her character and to the people around her which to me was was a lot of fun i really enjoyed reading that so that's finlay ronwell is killing it which also reminds me i do want to buy the other two books in this series i should buy them this week i think that'll be a fun read um, it ends at a really interesting cliffhanger involving her ex-husband i won't say any further but it really ends at a very interesting place that i want to explore in the next book and i'm sharing my last um, favorite from the year which is you with the view by jessica joyce i think i spoke about this book in my first or second episode but this is basically a romcom um i'm forgetting names of the characters but basically a romcom involving um a, a young uh, 20 something girl down on her luck not sure what about what to do with life what to do with her career um is a photographer but now is basically afraid of picking up the camera because of certain circumstances in life recently lost her grandmother and is basically now drifting and coasting through life until she comes across some photographs in her grandmother's um box and she realizes that her grandmother had other than her grandfather had one other great love and she feels a little confused and a little bit um further lost because all this while she thought that her grandmother and grandfather were the epitome of love but here she sees her grandmother has a past as well that prompts her to connect with the ex boyfriend the ex boyfriend's grandson turns out to be an old high school nemesis and the three of them together go on a road trip and how she finds finds out more about her grandmother realizes that her grandmother was more than just her grandmother she was she was a woman she was she was an she was most importantly she was a girl in love at some point of time so she learns that she learns more about herself she finds confidence in her capabilities and her abilities as a photographer and she also could possibly find love or not we don't know we will know that at the end of the book but uh, yeah no this was also it was a fun read i personally enjoyed it because of the protagonist's um struggles with life i really did enjoy the romance of it also i am i'm a huge enemies to lovers fan and i did enjoy it for that but i think i personally really enjoyed it for the struggles and the way it depicted the struggles of the leading character in terms of her career in terms of where she is in life in terms of where she should be in life um or those were things that really spoke to me personally um is it the most evolved take on those things is it a very mature nuanced take no not at all but it's a very common 20 something year old take i think that's some that's something that a lot of 20 year olds will find a lot of comfort in um which is why i really enjoyed this book i personally found a lot of comfort in this because i felt like i could understand what this what this girl is going through and uh, how the how the grief of losing um a, a third parental figure in her life in the home of her grandmother has basically magnified everything else in in life for her 
um so for me that was something that i really really connected with and really vibed with um so that's you with the view by jessica joyce and that's it uh so that's all for today i talked to you about what i'm going to do about my reading goals once again for the lack of a better word for 2024 and i've also shared my top 5 favorite reads with you for this year um so merry christmas and a very happy new year in advance i'm going to see you all on 1st of january once more until then bye